Welcome to Become an Idol. This is episode 15, Teaching Teachers Instructional Design with Bijanay Kareem. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Bijan A. Kareem about K-12 teachers and how they can incorporate instructional design practices in their classrooms. Bijan A. shares how she got interested in instructional design and helping teachers implement the principles in their own STEM classes. She also talks about teacher burnout. She is the founder of BK International Education Consultancy, which is a program that offers online courses and continuing education credits for teachers. I have here with me today, Bijanay Kareem, and she is actually not one of my typical guests, but she does do instructional design, but more specifically, instructional design practices for secondary education. And the reason why I have her coming on today is because uh, a podcast listener, uh, Christine Belzy, reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd really like to hear something from the K through 12 about instructional design. Do you think that you could get a guest on and interview them? And I said, well, uh, you got anyone in mind? And she said, yes. Yes, I do. And so that is how I was introduced to Bijanay Kareem. And she is here with us today to talk about instructional design practices in secondary education. So Bijanay, would you please introduce yourself and your business? Absolutely. And thank you. I'm so excited to be a part of your po- your podcast, Dr. Robin Sargent. Again, my name is Bijanay Kareem. I'm the executive director and principal consultant for BK International Education Consultancy. BK International Education Consultancy is a woman-owned education consulting firm where we specialize in continuing education and training, program design, and project management. And our focus areas for continuing education and training tend to circle around STEM education, STEM standing for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Our primary clients tend to be K through 12 school districts, government entities, as well as nonprofit organizations. So I'm excited definitely to speak with you more about the K-12 instructional design principles that we use um, throughout our business. So how did you, now where did you start out? You started out as a teacher or? That's correct. So? Okay. That's correct. So actually I started out in the science industry and I transitioned into the education field, actually by the way of Teach for America. Have you ever heard of Teach for America before? Oh yeah, okay. they, pay your, they pay your student loans off. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that, exactly. And so they had a cohort based in Atlanta, Georgia, which um, is where I was attending um, undergrad at the time, and applied for it, was accepted, completely excited. And that was my entryway into the education world as well as into the wonderful world of instructional design. And so um, not only did I complete my, my Teach for America commitment of two years, but I stayed eight years for a total of 10 years in the classroom as an elementary teacher. And so during that time, um, it provided me my initial foundation to design instructional courses for students 
Um, I also was lucky and fortunate enough to be able to design unit plans, extracurricular curriculum, as well as facilitated some trainings for other educators. So that is where I, I got my start um, in instructional design. And so are you still current? You're not still currently a teacher. You're a business owner. And so how, how did you make that transition and know that you wanted to leave and start your business? So, yes, I'm what you call an, an ed entrepreneur, education entrepreneur. Um, and so right around, I would say maybe the eighth, eighth years of, of education, um, with students, I realized, I was like, hmm, I see a need here. Um, I was able, I was fortunate enough because I had a science background to be able to integrate um, science and STEM into my classroom. But I realized a lot of other teachers didn't have that, um, that opportunity um, in their teacher prep program. And so I felt like I could be of a, a greater service in providing um, instructional practices and coaching for educators in the world of STEM. And so, right, like I said, right around the eighth year, I started getting this idea of like, hey, maybe I could, I could be an education consultant and design my own courses for adult educators and adult learners in the education, in the K-12 education space around STEM. And so you just resigned and started or did it as a side hustle or? Yeah, so, it, it, so I didn't completely stop. So I continued on into my 10th year um, and I end up, ended up doing it part-time and just to get my feet work wet because I'm I'm definitely um, I'm not a complete risk taker so to speak so I wasn't completely comfortable with just jumping right out there um, into this new space and so I started part-time um, while I also um, transitioned into some work where I was working in the teacher preparation program at a local university and so that gave me the opportunity to to not only work with um, students but also to work with with adults and Although I'm no longer in the classroom per se, where I work with kids, now I, I continue to um, to train um, adult educators uh, in in the ways of best instructional practices and evidence based instructional practices. Which actually reminds me, I forgot to bring it up or mention it, but we were actually at Shorter University at the same time. That's just- right. <laughs> it's such a small world. It's such a small world, and that and my stint at Shorter. Shorter University, excuse me, um, is where I was like, hmm, let me see if I like teaching teachers. Let's see how this goes as an adjunct professor. And so I've been able to incorporate those principles and those skills that I've learned into my my ed entrepreneur um, um, journey, so to speak. So now you've started building these courses yourself. And so I imagine it was like kind of a was it a one-woman show at the beginning, and then you've slowly built a team, or did you knew did you know like right up front that you need other people who will help you? Or so yeah, so yeah, so I, I started on my own very slowly, like you said, part part time hustle, <laughs> <laughs> um, and d- most of the courses that I d- was developing at the time were face to face courses, and so um, uh, I just created courses that I felt. Um, I was a subject matter expert in that were comfortable to me, things that I have done before in the past, kind of low hanging fruit that I knew I could start somewhere and be comfortable with, with, with the finished product. Um, and right at that time, schools were also starting to become more interested in, Hey, what is this STEM education? 
Um, how can we get our, our teachers on board? How can we expose our students to that? So it was really a, a unique timing to, to start the, those um, education courses. And so now um, what I do is I have a fellowship program where we will recruit and onboard fellows who are interested in curriculum design, as well as some other areas to help us develop, develop some of these courses as well. And they get OJT, on-the-job training in, in instructional design principles. And that's actually where I met um, Christine and Bells, Christine Belzi and I became connected and she connected me with you. So shout out to Christine <laughs> for the connection. Thank you for the connection. Yes, Christine's uh, actually sent me some questions too. So some of the questions that I'm going to ask you are actually from Christine. So she's okay. here with us, even though she's not here with us, right? So Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. you have, um, so these people that come and do your fellowships, uh, do they usually so they're getting um, experience in creating curriculum for adult learners. Do they go on to uh, get jobs in corporate or they go back to do ed tech or what's kind of their, their path? It's been a mixture. It's been a mixture. So um, I've had some to actually end up going to the school district, have some to go into the nonprofit space um, or like museums, um, informal education environments. Um, I even had a fellow who his focus was more so on um, military and veteran learners. So it's been a nice mix, a broad mix, but instructional design principles are instructional design principles. You know, best practices are best for adult learners, you know, across the board. So, um, so in addition to having fellows, I, I also will partner with other education consultants and we may co-design and co-facilitate trainings as well. So, so not only do we offer uh, the the face-to-face -face courses we also offer hybrid courses which is a mix of online um, courses that are led by an instructor and it's coupled with some self-paced portions as well as some um, some paired up time with the instructor that will meet online and then we also have some some true asynchronous self-paced online courses as well that we just rolled out so we're excited about those and so it must have been that you, I mean, you, you, you got your teaching degree, your teaching license. So obviously you're familiar with curriculum development and lesson planning and all that kind of stuff. But then exactly. when you move to the other place where now you have to start creating online training and, and mm -hmm. like, and doing that sort of thing, do you think, so did you start learning more about instructional design principles or instructional practice or have you ever, um, you know, did you dive deeper into that or did you just pull from what you already knew as a teacher? It was a combination. And so, so thankfully the experience that I had at Shorter University, um, I had the opportunities to teach both what they call on ground or face to face as well as online. And so I had to do a lot of self self teaching. So learning some things on my own, as well as they would also provide some some um, training for adjuncts on you know best practices as well. So you know pulling from my from my from my hat, so to speak, my bag of tricks, um, those things that I learned with youth, and um, what I had to to learn um, on my own, so to speak, or on the job as well. And then those things from having those adjunct positions help to shape and craft those courses, those online courses that we have today. And you'll be surprised, but there are a lot of parallels between teaching youth as well as teaching, you know, adult learners. So um, 
So we just have to keep those things in mind and, and make those courses engaging, whether it's virtual, you know, or, or in person. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not that surprised because I mean, adults are, they're big children in many ways. <laughs> Right, I mean, right. I know I am. There, right? <laughs> me, too. me too. I still wish certain parts of me would grow up, but uh, <laughs> anyway, the point is. Um, so, what about now? You also like part of your um, program mm -hmm. is teaching teachers about instructional practices, right? Um, specific to STEM, but even how to teach STEM in an engaging and interactive way. So what are kind of some of those fundamentals that you teach in like to your, <laughs> to your teachers? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great point that you mentioned that because teaching instructional practice is, is one skill set, but then also designing courses and lessons is another skill set. And, and people like to throw them all in the same bucket, but they're actually separate. And so we generally like to start with the teaching of the instructional practice. What does best practice in a classroom look like? How can you make these um, these lessons engaging? And and one is always start with who your audience is. Also, you know, collecting feedback from students. You know, what 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 interests them? So so think so technology interests them. So how can you incorporate that into your lessons um, instead of maybe trying to you know forbid them from using technology? It, are there things on TV that they're watching? How can you incorporate those elements? Are there are there songs and music that they're interested? How can you incorporate those things um, that's that they're already familiar with that they like um, that's going to grab their attention? So you can use that as a, a launching point into those um, more advanced topics, you know, such as STEM and make those connections. So that's that's one area that we one approach that we take. Um, also, just it, it, again, just back to feedback. So, in terms of like educators, feedback is so critical. Um, so, what areas are they interested in? You know, where do they feel not so as confident in their in their pedagogy and in their practice? How can we support them? What are some popular topics? You know, in education today that we can build courses around to help build teachers' capacity and, and better serving students. That's good. And so when you are with these teachers and you said it's kind of in person, there's some coaching aspects to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the online piece. When you talk to your learners, your teachers, um, what are some of the challenges that you notice come up with them about, you know, incorporating more of these instructional practices that you teach them or designing better lesson plans? What are the, some of the things that they come back to you with that they struggle with? Yeah, so it's actually what you just uh, referred to earlier is engagement. So engagement is one, like how can I engage these students better? You know, I'm teaching them this, this is what they have to learn, but they are completely not interested. And so, as I mentioned before, like how can you incorporate things that they are interested in, um, even current events, things that take place in their own community that they're aware of, that can serve as launching pads into you know, the curricular topics. And then students can also see the connection between school and, and real world um, is one way. Another challenge that teachers uh, often express is just the lack of time. So where am I gonna go and find these activities? Because one, one thing that, especially for science, technology, mathematics, those, those topic areas are, are hands-on. 
You know, they're not just about reading, you know, experiments or things that have happened in a book. It's really about getting hands-on and being able to do. And so teachers ask, you know, where do, where do we go and find these resources? You know, where, 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 because, uh, you know, timing may be of an issue. So um, where, you know, where are the activities? And then how can I um, incorporate other content areas? Because timing is an issue. There's only so many hours in a day. So how can I? get the, the most bang for my buck, so to speak, or maximize my instructional time to best serve students, have them to be able to see those connections um, in my instructional practice. So those I would say would be the three areas, um, time, uh, resources, as well as engagement. So, I mean, just speaking to that too, the other question is like, what about when they just have a block of where they can't come up with new ideas for activities? Do you have something that you tell them about how to overcome some of those designer blocks? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I always say, just like they used to say on the game shows, would you like to phone a friend? <laughs> so I say phone a friend. So find a partner um, that they can collaborate, a fellow designer, where they can solicit some feedback, maybe ask some questions, maybe how do you approach this? And hopefully that will help them to, to get over their designer's blog, you know, maybe give them some fresh ideas some perspective, find another way to do it, uh, an approach to, to, to help them be able to continue to move forward. That's good. Yeah. I mean, if I get sick, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Sometimes just like talking about where you're stuck with someone else mm -hmm. will help you get unstuck. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Having someone else to, bounce ideas off of, or, or just, you know, be a sounding board or, you know, a think tank, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so what is the most rewarding part of what you do now, now that you're more in the instructional design side of your career? So rewarding for me, I'm, I'm definitely the type of person who likes to see, um, systems put in place. Um, and and what I mean by that is to have um, and courses that are streamlined, refined, and are going to be meaningful and impactful for those learners who take the courses. So that is the reward for me. So when teachers, you know, take the course and I look at their feedback from the end of course survey and they say, hey, this was really helpful. You know, I really appreciate this. I would love you know, uh, maybe you could have another course to extend this on this. Like, I love to see that because that, that gets me excited. It lets me know it was a good use of their time um, as well as their money. And, and that I know that students will be impacted um, by what the teacher just learned. So that is definitely a reward for me, seeing the, seeing the feedback as well as getting new ideas for courses. Now, I know that there are quite a few teachers that happen to listen to Become an Idol. And so um, I know a lot of them are coming to Become an Idol because they feel the teacher burnout. And so yeah. I just thought maybe um, I would like to, instead of, usually I end by asking, oh, what's your best tip for those who want to become an instructional designer? But for, for you, I want to ask, what's your best tip for those teachers who may be listening who feel teacher burnout? Teacher burnout, that's a very good question because I, I, I think at some point, just all the demands of being an educator, uh, it, it, it's easy to get there, right? And teachers go on it 
you know, not to get their summers off, but because they're really passionate about kids um, and, and they and they really care about, you know, um, their learning and, and, and progression. And so a tip I would say would be to um, take a step back, breathe, remind yourself that you are doing your best, and then also find some time to just take for yourself and to do whatever it is you like to do. I like to call it a happy hour. So <laughs> have the teachers take their own happy hour, an hour. It could be any part of, you know, any time of the week or the weekend and just do something that makes them happy. Because a lot of times we are so invested in, in others and the students in our classroom and the things in the school community. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we're empathizers, you know, and we can take on that energy, but just to, to take a step back, give yourself a pat on the back and, and have your own happy hour, have whatever that may consist of. Cause they deserve it. They definitely, <laughs> do. we all deserve it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Especially teachers, man, I got a soft spot for teachers. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and like just sharing about, um, you know, the other side of the coin and what it looks like to um, design instructional practice. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Be thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having us, Dr. Sargent. We greatly appreciate it. And I'll be including all the links to your courses and your website in our show notes. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Oh, and quick plug. Not only do we serve K through 12 teachers, but also retired teachers or teachers who are looking to keep their certificate active. We offer CEUs that will help you renew your teaching certificate. So we'll send those links out so you can have access to how you can sign up for the courses and get those CEUs. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you'll need to land your first job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com and get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.